Parenting and marriage. Two things that can leave such an impact on others and have such an impact on you. But how do you do them well? How can you take care of yourself so you can take care of everyone else? With 11 years of professional parenting experience, raising two daughters of my own, and a 17-year marriage under my belt, I want to share with you what I've learned and unlearned to make my marriage and my parenting the best it can be. I want to share with you tips and advice that have helped reduce my own stress, overwhelm, and anxiety on these topics so I can help and encourage you to do the same. I'll also be sharing interviews with others to share their marriage and parenting experiences, perspectives, and advice so we can all travel down these roads a little easier and with more joy and gratitude. I'll help you not forget yourself along the way as you support and encourage everyone else on theirs. Welcome to Authenticate. Friends, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited about this episode because it's my first episode, solo episode actually, since I have pivoted to covering parenting and marriage. And so today I am going to be talking about disciplining your children in love. But for people who haven't listened to before and don't know my background or know my history, Nate and Mai's history, I suppose I should say, um, I'm going to share that first. So I'm going to dive into that. So if you're not familiar with me or the podcast yet, welcome. My name is Kate Godfrey and my husband and I, his name is Nate. Yes, it is Kate and Nate. My husband and I have been professional parents at a boarding school for the past 11 and a half years. We started doing this in October of 2010 and it, I can't believe it's been 11 and a half years since we started. It's kind of crazy. And the other crazy thing about it is that we have been doing this with our own two daughters the entire time. So when we started, I was nursing my youngest, who is Sydney. She's going to be 12 next month. And my oldest is Trinity. She is 13 and she'll be 14 in July. So this is all that they have known is living at a boarding school with 11, well, sorry, for 11 and a half years living with up to 12 other students. So when we first came, we lived with 12 high school girls, if you can imagine it. When I think about that now, it seems crazy, but we did it and it was fun and it was rewarding. As you can imagine, it was also really challenging and stressful at times, um, but we lived with 12 high school girls. They were in grades nine to 11. Um, when they become seniors, they transition to what's called transitional living to get them prepared for college. But Grades 9 to 11, so I guess that would be ages 13 or 14 through about to about uh, 16 or 17. So we did that for seven and a half years. Um, and then we transitioned down to the elementary division where we work. So for the past two years, we have been living, working with raising seven elementary boys, and they are in second to fourth grade right now. Um, next year, our fourth graders will move up to fifth grade. We will be losing five of them. And then um, depending on what happens, we'll probably get some more second and third graders, or they could take our current second and third graders since we have one of each, and they could give us what we call littles, the, the four-year-olds and five-year-olds, which is a whole different ball game as mothers of toddlers know. Um, so we'll see what happens next year, but right now we currently live with seven elementary boys. And if you added that time frame up, you're like, wait, that's only nine and a half years. Um, between those years, when we didn't have a home of our own, we did what's called flexing, where you move around and you fill in for the other house parents who do have homes of their own. You cover for their, um, maybe their sick time, or you do medicist, which is if one of this, the, um, spouses is out on surgery or they're sick or something like that, you come in and cover 
and assist the other spouse. So you basically wait until a home opens up for you and then you get your own home and you move in and then you run your own home, your own program, your own schedule with your own kids. So hopefully that makes sense. If not, reach out. I can explain it. It can be a little nutty sometimes. But that's our background. And I wanted to pivot to parenting and marriage because I think it is such an important topic. And when I really thought about it and I got coaching from a great friend, he said, you know, a lot of people are struggling in this area and a lot of people don't have the experience you have in terms of raising your own kids, you know, when they're babies and toddlers all the way up while they're also getting thrown 12 high, high schoolers all at once. Most people are, you know, they graduate into raising a high schooler. You go from those elementary years to the middle school years to the tween to the teen years. And we got 12 teens all at once with all of the, their background. They were we are at a school that I'm so thankful they, all the kids have different cultural backgrounds, racial, religious backgrounds. It's such a blessing to be in a multicultural community like this and just support those kids in all different levels. Um, but part of that background is coming, of course, from trauma. And the kids that we serve also come from not poverty, but they come from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. So there are some, there's some uh, trauma there many times, and there's also just some experiences or some things that they, a lot of things that they haven't been taught that we do teach them and work through with them and, and all those things, which I can touch on later in other episodes and that Nate, Nate will also be joining me with on some other episodes since we do do this together. So um, obviously I, I've already mentioned it, but obviously my husband and I, we've worked together for the past 11 years. We live together. We work together. Um, the job is very intense. We work 12 days in a row and we have three days off. Um, so as you can imagine, it is, you know, really being constantly on. Our off time is during the day when the boys go to school. So between the hours of 8.30 and 2 p.m. is our quote-unquote off time when we get to take care of the personal things we need to uh, take care of. And our girls just started to go going to school last year, um, August 2021. I homeschooled them for seven years as well. So I've been busy. We've been busy. Um, we're still really busy. But I wanted to start this podcast, like I said, to help other parents out with their parenting questions, give them advice, encourage them, support them, because parenting is hard no matter what stage you're in, no matter where you're at. It is tough, and there's no handbook, as we all know, and it's just nice to have somebody to come along and support you um, along the way. So I thought, what better way to do that since we have professional parenting experiences to share those with people? So not only are we professional parents, but we've also been parenting our own two girls along the way and managing them with the other students that we've worked with and vice versa. So that's been interesting. So that's a little bit of our background. Again, if you have questions or comments on that, feel free to reach out. Okay. So today we are going to discuss disciplining your children in love, which I know sometimes, trust me, I know can be difficult. It can be difficult when you are tired, you're exhausted. You've said it for the past five, six, seven times. They're just not listening or they're being disrespectful, things like that. So yeah, let's let's talk about how we can discipline and love because that's something Nate and I have always tried to be really intentional about doing, especially because we're working with kids from trauma. And it's while it's done the same way, disciplining can be done obviously slightly different differently when you have elementary kids versus middle schoolers or high schoolers. So why do we discipline our children in the first place? I'm sure that it seems like a fairly obvious answer, but I know some people maybe don't discipline their kids. Um, kind of just let them do what they want when they want, how they want. And some people I know struggle with that. But let's talk about why we discipline our kids. So I hope most people listening want to raise kids that are respectful, responsible, and obedient. We want our children to be that way so they can respect others, especially adults. 
And when you talk about adults, you especially want them to respect their parents. That's where it begins. That's where the foundation is set. It is set at home. If they're not going to respect their parents, you can be pretty sure they're not going to respect other adults in their life. Also, when children don't respect authority, they become defiant, disobedient, selfish, demanding, insecure, dishonest, ungrateful, and disrespectful, and they don't learn accountability or responsibility. Our main job of our, as parents, our main job and our duty is to discipline our children, whether we like it or not, whether we want to avoid it or not. And sometimes I definitely do want to avoid it. It's uncomfortable. It's not fun for them or us, but it is our job and our duty to do that. Our job is to raise them to be independent and responsible adults who will be productive members of society. That should be every parent's goal. I don't know any parent who really would want their kid not to be a productive member of society. I hope all parents want that for their children, but it has to start when they're young and it has to start with a foundation. We are not responsible for the choices our kids make as adults, but what we teach or what we don't teach greatly impacts who they become. We are They are watching us. I've said this in a lot of my Instagram posts and, and some of my reels, but they are watching us constantly. And I sometimes that can be to our detriment. Sometimes, you know, your kids come back to you and say, well, you did that mommy or you did that daddy. And then you're like, oh, right. And it wasn't such a great thing that I did or said or or moment because I was frustrated. I was tired or, you know, fill in the blank of whatever happened there, but they're constantly watching us and we are their role models and we can't get away from that for good or for bad. So hopefully most of you listening want to role model good behaviors for your children to emulate and, and to teach. And like I said, dif- disciplining is not fun. It's uncomfortable, but it is necessary. And we must give consequences so they understand the difference between right and wrong. So when we talk about disciplining, you can't just discipline in the moment without consequences. Consequences are important, and I will get to um, some of the some of that a little more in a little bit. But consequences are so important because they have to learn the difference between right and wrong. You kind of you have to have that follow up so they can learn that difference between right and wrong. And again, like I said, it's best to start when they're young. It's going to be harder to discipline your children if you're not going to start doing it until they're in middle school or high school. The road is going to be much tougher. I'm not saying it can't be done because it can. But the road is going to be much tougher because they've already had learned habits and ingrained habits that they have had this whole time because they haven't been disciplined or disciplined in the right way. So they're already formed certain ways and you're going to have to, to help them unlearn those habits. So it's best to start when they're young. You get to build that foundation that you can build upon. It's just think about a foundation of a house or a building. When you set that foundation, everything you build upon it is solid. It's not going to rock. It's going to be steady. So think about parenting in that way, especially when you're talking about discipline. You need that firm foundation. So you want to start when they're young. And yes, it can be tedious and it can be exhausting. And sometimes I know for me, it literally is daily. You say the same thing two, three, four, five, six times. Maybe after that point, yes, you definitely want to step in and do some disciplining so you don't have to keep repeating yourself. But discipline can be tedious and exhausting because you are setting that example. You are setting that foundation. But you are also, again, role modeling how to discipline to your children. They are learning from you and you're role modeling how to discipline in love to them. But you're also letting them know that the discipline is not going to go away. You have to be firm. You have to be consistent but the discipline isn't going to go away. And once your kids start to understand that, everything starts to sink in and you're going to have less discipline problems with them. They may change over time as they get older. We're going to talk about boundaries, but you need to let them know, hey, uh, I know I messed up. Mom and dad know I messed up and I know I'm going to be disciplined. And the more they know that, the more, like I said, you're going to have less discipline problems. 
And discipline also shapes character. So the less disciplining that you need to do is because you're shaping that character. They are learning from you. They're learning from your example. They're listening to your words and you are shaping that character that you want to form. So they become the adults that you want them to be with um, the skill sets and the values that you want to teach them. So to discipline and love, step one is don't yell. You never want to yell at your kids. Now, do we do this? Of course we do. I do this. My husband does this. We all do this because again, we get frustrated. We get angry. We are tired. But as best as we all can, try not to yell when you are disciplining. Speak calmly, clearly, and firmly, but do not yell. You also don't want to discipline again from a place of anger, frustration, or exhaustion. It's just not good for anybody. It's not good for you. It's not good for them. If you're in that space, I would suggest that you have your partner do the disciplining Or have your child wait somewhere. If your partner's not home, if you're a single mom, single dad, have your child wait somewhere until you can calm down, get back into a clear headspace for yourself until you're ready. Just have your child wait and say, you'll check in in five minutes, 10, 15, and they can just find something to do in that meantime. If things are busy, pull them aside or find a place where you can talk to them quietly so you can focus on the conversation. You don't want to discipline when the phone's ringing, you're trying to make dinner, a bunch of other kids are running around. And trust me, we know what it's like to have a bunch of other kids around and you don't want to discipline when everybody else is around. Not only is it really nobody else's business what's going on, um, but you want to have that place where you can talk to them quietly, firmly, and clearly, and where you both can focus on the conversation. Um, Also, in, in line with this, never intentionally humiliate or embarrass your children in front of others. That only breeds resentment. And they will be less open and obedient to your discipline and will only see you as an authoritarian and it will foster defiance and a lack of respect. So if you're going to go out there and be like, well, embarrass them and then they'll learn, it's not going to go the way you want it to go. They're not going to react the way you want them to react. And if that continues over time, they will be resentful. They're not going to listen and they will be more disrespectful of you because, because of that. You need to remember your goal at the end of the day with disciplining is to foster a relationship of love and trust with your child. So again. Yes. Does it take time, effort, and consistency? Yes. Do you need to be firm? Yes. But the more you do it, the more it's like a muscle. You exercise it. It will get easier for you. It gets easier for your kid. You'll have to do less disciplining as your child gets older because they have learned that, like I've said. You foster that relationship of love and trust with your child so they know when the discipline is coming. They don't have to be scared. They're not frightened. They know mom and dad isn't going to yell at them. They know that mom and dad doesn't hate them, You know, maybe upset with them, but They are not going to go into it scared and hopefully not anxious and all of that. They know that they can trust mom and dad um, or trust whoever is raising them to know that this comes from a place of love and trust and it's it's correction related. Um, Number two, make eye contact and ask your child to make eye contact with you. I have done with this with our high school girls. I do this with our elementary boys when I talk to them. We expect them to make eye contact with us. That lets us know that they are listening. They know we are serious about the conversation that's about to be had, but it also lets them know that we respect them and we expect respect in return. If they can't make eye contact, they're not ready. They're not ready. They're not in that space usually um, because they can't, because they just can't look at you, which means, tells me that they're not receiving. Now, sometimes it's a little different, but usually that's not in a moment of discipline But sometimes they are a little emotional in that moment. Maybe they don't want to look at you because they're starting to cry. They are embarrassed because they know that, you know, they got in trouble and all of that. And maybe you don't need to get eye contact right off the bat. But at some point during that conversation, I would ask that eye contact be made so they know 
So you know they're listening and they know that you are serious about the conversation and you want them to engage as well. The more respect you show for your children, the more they will submit to your authority and correction and the more they actually respect you. So I know some people may come from the old school and say, well, they should just respect me because I'm the adult, but that doesn't really go very far. That's more the authoritarian parenting style. And again, when you, you do that, they're really just not going to, they're not going to respond the way you want them to. Um, it's not going to foster that sense of love and trust that you're um, hoping to get out of them. They're just, they may listen and they may not, and they may do what you say in the moment, but long-term they're not going to have that respect for you. And it's not going to play out the way you, the way you want it to, or the way you hope it to. Number three, explain why you're disciplining them. Now I know sometimes in certain situations, and again, these aren't usually in discipline situations, like go make your bed. Why? Okay. Well, because I've asked you to, because I said so. Those are times that would be appropriate. But when you're sitting down to discipline them, especially when they're young, you want to explain why you're disciplining them because sometimes they really may not know why they're in trouble, why you're disciplining them. And I would always start out with, even with the the young boys or with our high school girls, I have always told them, especially because they're kids who a lot of them come from trauma, we are disciplining you because we love you. If we did not love you, if we did not respect you as a person, we wouldn't bother because, again, the discipline, that takes time. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. And if we didn't care about you, we wouldn't bother to have this conversation. But because we love you, because we want to teach you something, because we want to course correct and talk about character, we are disciplining you. But it's only because we love you. That authority as a parent must be grounded in love. It will go so much farther with your kids. Okay, so... We've talked about how discipline takes time, effort, and consistency. Feel free to explain how you feel about the discipline. Tell them how you feel about what they did. Maybe make it personal. Was it something, you know, are you upset that they hit their sister, called their sister or brother a name? Were they unkind to another child? How did that make you feel as a parent? Were they disrespectful to you? And how did that make you feel? So I've brought in many times, hey, this is how you made me feel before we even get into it. This is how I feel about it because... And I let them know very clearly, this is not all about you. And that, again, when we want to start with children as they are younger in disciplining, we need to start letting them know that this is not all about them. The world does not revolve around them. That when they are younger, they are in that very egocentric mindset, but we want to start pulling them out of that and letting them know how they have affected other people. And you can start with yourself when you start that conversation. Explain how you feel, how it maybe hurt mommy's feelings, how it hurt daddy's feelings. Just don't let the emotions get in the way and, again, like get angry, frustrated, things like that. Explain that there's boundaries and limits and that when those boundaries and limits are crossed, discipline is necessary. And while children obviously don't know that they thrive in boundaries, they do thrive having boundaries. Of course they're going to test them. They're kids. We all did that when we were kids. We're going to push the boundaries so we can see how far we can go with them. So they're going to test them. They're going to see what they can say, what they can do until mom and dad say, um, no, that's not appropriate. That's not okay. This is where the line is and you can't cross that line. But they thrive in boundaries because when they know that there's boundaries, they know that they're safe. And that is what children want. They need to know that they're safe and secure. So they will thrive in those boundaries and they will flourish in those boundaries. The more you follow through with discipline, the more they're going to understand the boundaries and the limits, and they'll start to develop the critical thinking skills that you want to develop in them. And they will start to become more accountable with their behavior. And again, discipline and being firm and consistent with it helps to start 
and further that accountability and that responsibility that you want your kids to learn as they get older. And you also want them to develop that critical thinking. So before they do that, or, or sorry, before they make that wrong choice next time, hopefully they stop and they think about it and they're like, oh, I did this last time and this is what happened. I'm not going to do the same thing again because I know I'm going to be disciplined again. That is going to start to develop that critical thinking in them. Also, this is very important. Speak to the behavior and their character, but not their personhood. So you never, ever want to put your child down, call them stupid, dumb, all of those things. You want to speak to the behavior that occurred directly, and you want to speak to their character. You want to start talking about character so you can start developing character. You know, mom and dad, we don't like when you lie. We do not want to raise someone who we can't trust and who's dishonest. Can you trust mom and dad? You know, hopefully the answer is yes. But can you trust us? Yes. Okay. What things do you see mommy and daddy doing that shows that you can trust us? And then turn the question around on them. So what did you do that shows us that we couldn't trust you in this situation? And then have that conversation. Hopefully at that point, they're opening up and they're able to conversate about that. But definitely just speak to the behavior and their character. Tell them what character you're trying to form, but not their personhood. You never want them to think they are bad, but what they did may be bad or it was inappropriate or whatever that was, but not who they are. Hopefully that makes sense. And again, having that conversation, get their perspective. Ask them, hey, why do you think you're being disciplined right now? Why do you think mom and dad want to talk to you right now? Or maybe it's just mom or just dad, but the point is the same. Why do you think you're here? Why are we talking to you? And then after maybe they give their answer and maybe you can correct that answer or agree, yes, this is why you're here. No, actually, this is what I saw you did or this is what I heard you say. Ask them, hey, do you think that it's necessary for us to discipline you? And then talk them through why you're disciplining them. The younger kids may not understand why it's necessary to discipline, but some older kids, they may surprise you and say, yes, I know why I'm getting disciplined. And then you can talk through that with them. For younger children, you need to explain the difference between right and wrong choices for them. Give examples of them and why they're right or wrong if that's necessary. So you want to kind of guide the younger ones along. You know, if you have your two, three, four, five, six-year-olds, definitely help them in that. This could have been the right choice for you, or maybe they can come up with that. What would have been a better choice? What have been the right choice in that situation? And what choice did you make? And why was that the wrong choice? So talk with them through that. Also, help them in terms of thinking, again, we want that critical thinking, but help them think through those decisions because that, again, later will help them be less impulsive. They will think through those decisions. They will not act out as much and they will be more considerate of other people, which help, helps them to get out of that egocentric mindset, helps them to be more selfless and less selfish. Getting them out of the egocentric mindset also teaches them empathy and compassion for others and it fosters emotional development in your kids. And we know that emotional intelligence is equally, if not more important than the intellectual intelligence. So... The IQ does not necessarily reign in this situation. You want to boost that EQ. You also want to explain the consequences of good versus bad choices. So I said earlier that we would discuss consequences. So here they are. Consequences for good and bad choices. Now, obviously, consequences need to be age appropriate. Um, they also need to, some consequences will be natural and some consequences will be logical. So if you're giving consequences, they're going to be logical age-appropriate consequences for your kids. So if you have a five-year-old who hit his sister, you're not going to have that five-year-old wash the dishes as a punishment. That's not appropriate for a five-year-old to do. But you could maybe have that five-year-old apologize to his sister 
and work with him on writing an apology note or work with him on doing something kind to his sister to make up for that. If you have a teenager, obviously the consequences will be a bit bigger, definitely depending on, on what they've done, but they definitely need to be age appropriate and logical. Um, an example of the natural consequences, which really wouldn't be in terms of disciplining your kids, but to cover both of those natural consequences are, hey, it's, it's wintertime and you told your child to put on snow gloves and they did not, they didn't listen or they didn't want to, and they go outside and their hands are cold. So that's a natural consequence for that. Once we explain the difference between right and wrong for the little ones and sometimes for the big ones, we can then move on to shaping their character, which directly impacts who our children become as adults. So character shaping is really at the root of why we want to discipline. It is one of the most important things you can do as a parent. And again, it's our job and our duty as a parent to discipline our kids and to form that character development that um, we want to see in our kids. Um, so I guess a question for you would be, what character traits do you want to have your children exhibit? That's an important question to answer because not all parents necessarily want to have their kids exhibit the same character traits. I would assume most of them would be the same, but it might not be the same for everybody across the board. So what character traits do you want your kids to have? What traits do you want them to exhibit? Also, what character traits are important to you? What did you learn as you were growing up? Do you want to instill those in your kids? Or are there some character traits that maybe you learned that you don't want your kids to learn, that you had to unlearn? Think about how you were raised. Do you want to keep those family values or do you want to change them? Do you know what your family values are? If you don't, maybe that would be a great thing to sit down with your family and discuss what are our family values, what's important to us as a family, and what do we want to teach our children. Um, and you can have that family values conversation with your kids around the dinner table. And then you and your, your spouse or your partner can discuss that later with each other based on what the kids said and what we think is important. You know, let's come up with our, our family value system. And also something that we don't have, but I would like to create is a family mission statement. Do you have a family mission statement? If so, I'd love to know what it is. Feel free to share. But I, I do want to sit down with Nate at some point and the girls to, to create a family mission statement to really reiterate what our values are and what's our mission, what direction do we want to go with our family and how are we going to get there. So like I said, we'd like to discuss that and develop that and we can discuss that at a later episode. Maybe I can have Nate on and we can discuss that together. But really importantly, when your children understand what your values are, they're going to buy in. And they're going to understand why the discipline is necessary. And I talked about that a little earlier about why disciplining is necessary from our perspective, but helping them to really understand this is why mom or dad or whoever needs to discipline. We're trying to create this in you. And we want you to be a better person. We don't want you to be someone who's angry. We don't want you to be someone um, who lies or someone who hits or kicks or is unkind to their friend, whatever it is. We want the opposite of what you've just done. And that's why we are talking to you about this now and why we are going to give consequences for it. And again, it stinks in the moment. It really sucks um, for both of you. But the more you do it, the less you're going to have to do it and the less they're going to be worried about it because they're going to know. And they'll probably actually, which I'm going to get to in a second, they'll, they might come up with their own consequences. You'll be surprised. But you want to explain to your kids that you're a team and that you each have roles on the team and you all should hopefully want to make the team the best can be. So you think about, you know, a sports analogy, if you'd like to, you want the team to be the best it can be. But if one of the players or two of the players aren't doing what they need to on the team, they're not practicing. They're not getting stronger. They're not listening to the coach, which is mom and dad. The team is going to suffer as a whole. So again, you can go back to and remind your kids of that, the values that you have as a family, remind them of the mission statement. If you have one, 
and say, hey, we each have an important role to play. And that also gives your kids buy-in. It makes them feel important. I, I have an important role to play in this family. Mom and dad value my input. They, they, they're watching what I do. They're going to correct me when I do something wrong because they love me. And they're trying to shape my character so I can be a better, more successful person. I can be a better son or daughter, be a kinder friend, be a better student in class. Whatever it is, you telling them that they are part of a team, of course, makes them feel included, makes them feel important, makes them feel special, makes them feel seen and heard. And hopefully that's what everybody wants for their kids to feel, to be seen and heard. Because as human beings, that's what we all want at the end of the day, no matter who we are, even as adults, we all want to be seen and heard. So definitely make sure you're taking time with your children to let them know you see them, you hear them, validate their emotions, even within the discipline, validate their emotions. I understand why you hit your sister. I understand why you said what you said. I understand you're upset, angry, frustrated. However, that doesn't make what you did or what you said okay. And then you talk about that behavior, you get their input and you you go from there. So again, when the discipline is over, you explain the consequences you're giving and why. And again, they may they may tell you a consequence that you might be surprised by. I've, I've actually asked some of our students, well, what do you think I should do? And they're a lot harsher on themselves than I am sometimes. Like, well, I, w- I wasn't even going to say that. I didn't even think of that. Um, and sometimes I'm like, no, that's, that's a little much for what you did. It's not that serious. Um, but sometimes I just might be like, okay, yeah, go ahead. That sounds fair. That takes some of the uh, burden of coming up with something off of you. And it gives them, again, more buy-in. Like, I know I did wrong. I think this is something that is is fair for me to do to make up for that and um, let them have it. Now, of course, some some kids, until they learn, they're going to pick something super easy. They'll pick something that has been, you know, done a ton of times. Um, I'll just wipe the table at dinner. Um, no. What you did is a little more serious than making up for it by wiping the dinner at table. So you'll, of course, depending on what the infraction was or what they did, will know how big or small to make the consequences. Also, when you're giving consequences and when everything is getting wrapped up, remind your children that you love them. Please, please do that. That, again, reinforces that you value them, that they are part of that team, that you are trying to build their character. It reinforces why the behavior they did you know, was wrong, but you still love them as a person, that they are still lovable. They are still good and worthy of love. But the behavior might have been bad, but they are still lovable and that you love them no matter what. And that your job, you know, you can tell them your job is to guide them and course correct them. You're like the captain of the ship and you're kind of steering the the ship that they are along its path. But that you always love that little ship, but you need to guide guide them along the, the rough seas that they're going to hit as kids. Um, and tell them, too, that you forgive them. That's an, that's important. And when you've made mistakes and your children call you on it, or even if, even if they don't call you on it, you you knew you yelled, you got um, you were too harsh, you acted out of anger or frustration or exhaustion, go back to them later once you've calmed down and apologize to your kids. I've done this with my kids, and it's so – I've done this with students, too. Um, they are so forgiving, I've, but I've done this with some of our high school girls, and they're actually so forgiving. I actually had one tell me, like, well, I deserved it. And it's like, well – you may have deserved the consequence, but you did not deserve me yelling at you or being so frustrated that I lost control of my emotions. But especially with the little ones, when you go back to like, it's okay, mommy, I still love you. I know you were sad or I know you're upset. And But just go back, apologize to your kids when you know you've done something wrong. So when you tell them that you forgive them, they know that they are still loved. They are still part of the team. And you know you may get an apology right then. And you may get it later as well. And teaching them to apologize, especially if they've done something to you, 
maybe disrespected an adult or did something to a sibling or a friend, something like that. It is important. And this is something we've also taught day in and day out, the importance of apologizing, not just saying, not just ignoring the behavior, even after the consequence. But I've said, you know, when you are ready, I do expect you to go apologize to that person. And an apology should be given and made with eye contact. You look that person in the face, you tell them and you give them a meaningful apology from the heart and you tell them why you're sorry. Not just, sorry, sorry to that. You know, not something off the cuff that means nothing because your kids just want to check the box or get it done with, but a meaningful apology. That teaches them humility. But when they see you role model apologizing and asking for them to forgive you when you've done something wrong, they will start to exhibit apologizing and asking for forgiveness from whoever they have wronged or who they have hurt. It's amazing to watch. Um, but you definitely, these are skills that you have to teach. Everything is a skill that they are learning. Even as, even if you're starting with them as they are older, it can be done, but there are skills that they're learning that you want them to take with them throughout their life and hopefully teach their kids if they have them someday. If they are remorseful for their behavior, praise them for being so. Again, you're not praising them for what they did wrong. You're praising them for saying, I'm sorry. I know what I did was bad. I shouldn't have hit my sister. I shouldn't have said this to my brother, whatever it is. So if they can acknowledge and feel sorry for what they've done, praise them for that and encourage them in that and say, I'm so glad you realized what you said or what you did was wrong. I'm really proud of you for realizing that. Again, the consequence still needs to be put into place and they may, you know, you would probably still have them give an apology if that is the situation, but praise them for being remorseful. Again, that teaches them humility. It teaches them, you know, there's turnaround. They can learn from it. And that's that's the whole point, right? So the whole point of disciplining, the whole point of giving consequences and doing it in love is to build your children up, to mold and shape them, to give them character and character that you want them to have, whatever you have based on your value system. If you have a family mission statement, you want to develop them into important members of society, regardless of what they choose to do someday. If you start instilling discipline now, and if you do it in love and you role model it, they will see that, they will emulate that, and they will role model that for others. It's, again, an amazing thing to watch how they start holding each other accountable, how they start catching each other when they're start to go, starting to go off the path, brothers and sisters. And we've watched it with our boys. We've watched it with our high school girls. They start to hold each other accountable before it even needs to get to mom and dad. And that's such a great thing to watch because then you know they're learning and they have built those skills and they will continue to take those skills with them. And someday if their parents or their teachers or whatever they become, we all have roles where we're influencing others, even if they're not leaders, quote unquote, in their future career, whatever that might look like, we're all leading someone. We're all influencing someone. So if you can teach that now, you are going to raise a great human being. So that is all I've got for today. If you have questions or if you have comments or anything like that, feel free to reach out to me. You can reach out to me on Instagram and you can reach out to me um, via email and I will share those at the end of this episode. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it was helpful. I hope there's some takeaways. Um, I also did want to share that I do have um, a free download for you guys. If you haven't seen it posted anywhere yet, that's also available on my Instagram Linktree account. So you can go over there and check that out. And I post it in other places as well. It is six steps to discipline your children well. This one is covering mainly disciplining and love, but there are six other steps. You can have that as a free resource for yourself. So go ahead and check that out if you'd like. But thank you so much for listening today and I will catch up with you guys soon. 
Thanks for listening, friends. I hope you guys found this episode helpful and inspiring and encouraging. I would love to hear back from you to find out what successes you've had. And again, if you have a family mission statement, please reach out. Let me know what that is. I would love to hear it. Also, if you could rate and review me on whatever platform you listen on, I would truly appreciate it. It helps me get seen and heard by so many more people. And don't forget to check out that free download. It will be in the link on the show notes. All right, guys. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day.